What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter, another financial episode. A financial episode, indeed. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls get a hold of their finances. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls listen to the Two Degrees Hotter podcast to do so because y'all love a, a budgeting, a spending, a financial episode. You just, you eat it up like good soup. <laughs> Not like good soup. <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about lifestyle creep. So not to give too much of a spoiler, but if you don't know what lifestyle creep is, it's essentially when you start making more money and sort of your quality of life or your standards sort of keep increasing accordingly so that you never actually end up technically making more money or being able to save any more money or do anything productive with your new money. <laughs> so since we are all kind of in this phase of life where we're working probably our first or second jobs out of college and we might be experiencing these kind of like promotions and like lifestyle sort of inflation, we wanted to talk about it. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm very excited. Um, this is definitely something that I feel like every, especially now that we're, you know, about two years post-grad, this is when you're probably starting to experience that promotion and that raise for the first time where you just got one. So grab your notebooks, besties. <laughs> <laughs> so before we do that, let's jump into our segments, starting with the week in review. So this week, I have a couple things to say. First thing is, <laughs> if you listened to our episode last week when we talked about our spring bucket lists, was that, was that last week? Yeah. yeah last week. Um, one of my items was to play tennis, and I checked that off during this Ooh. week, and I wanted to say it because this is your sign to check something off your bucket list right yes. off the bat. Um, and it was actually really fun. We had like a really warm day on Friday. It was like 60-something mm -hmm. degrees. Um, and so we went out there. We, I was actually dressed for a kickboxing class because that was my plan. And then my boyfriend Grant was driving me to the gym and we saw that they were open and we were like, let's just stop here <laughs> and do this instead. So we did. Um, nice. And it was actually really fun. And I think I – the we played tennis for about the same time as my class would have been. And I ended up burning like way more calories playing tennis. I think because we're bad at it, like – <laughs> like because I had to run after every single ball basically yeah. you know like I wouldn't often hit it back so like it was a lot of running yeah. involved but it was actually super fun and I was saying next time like you're here or I don't know I have like a friend over I feel like it's a very fun thing to do because the tennis courts are really yeah. close yeah and free fun active what more could you want so I wanted to talk about that and then another thing I wanted to bring up is I feel like I used to talk a lot more about like work, like wins, I guess. Like mm -hmm. I used to like recognize like different success and stuff at work. And I think because at the time, like everything was new. And so it kind of felt like everything that I did was like sort of a big step and like monumental. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of gotten away from that because I'm hitting like the two-year mark at my job. So things just kind of feel like even if they're, you know, a big deal – in general, like they feel kind of mundane because it's just like part of my job now. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking about this and I feel like today it was kind of the close of like a big thing that I led and I never really like stepped back and was like, good job me. So I'm going to do that now. Um. I won't get too into the weeds because obviously everyone has their own job that they have to care about. You don't have to mm -hmm. care about mine. But essentially, moral of the story is we were given about $60,000 to give out to startups and my manager was like, basically like plan this out and like distribute these funds, like give out these grants. And so what I had to do was like come up with the whole application of like what we wanted to target and then also um, run the whole sort of judging process, like loop in all the right people, judge myself, um, and then decide like what the amounts were going to be and everything. And so beginning to end, this started in like December for this mm -hmm. first kind of round. And it just mm -hmm. ended today. I just emailed the two startups that ended up getting money. Um, so yeah. I just am like, wait, that's kind of cool. Like I like conceived of the whole idea. It ended up being about 
um, supply chain disruptions because that's something that obviously like every company is experiencing right now. So it was basically like a funding opportunity to remedy, like looking for creative solutions for companies to like remedy their disruptions with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I, I really feel like I was like very much the lead, like beginning to end. So I'm like, yeah, good for me. Pat myself that in the is, back. Yeah. I'll pat you on the um, back. Yeah. And it's also cool. Cause I'm like, we're giving real companies like real money and they're going to do yeah. real stuff with it. I love it. <laughs> I feel like if I was in your position, I would be like, hee hee, this is like Monopoly. But it's like yeah, real literally. people <laughs> and real money. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sad because we'll obviously have to wait for them both to like accept um, the money, which like obviously why would they not? Yeah. Um, but after that, I have to send the sad email where I have to let everyone else know that they didn't get it. And that's like the worst Oh, part. that I is sad. That. Same with like interns, like hiring interns when you have to email the people that you didn't go with. It just like sucks. So, yeah. Anyway. But Very sad. you gotta have the bad to appreciate the good. For sure, right? for sure. <laughs> and then my last thing is a shared thing. So yes. I think it's part of your week in review too. But it is. we went to see Chelsea Cutler again <laughs> on our Queen <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember. I feel like I've seen her like four or five times now. I yeah, and you've seen her one more time than me, and I think I've seen her like three or four. So that would mm-hmm. make sense. But yeah, she was great. She killed it. Um, we're a little bitter because mm-hmm. she played two nights in Boston and our night she did great right she killed it she did an amazing job uh except for that the second night she brought Noah Kahan on stage uh, crazier things and we which, love him if you know yeah we, we saw him too in the fall so like yeah. this would have been this would have been the duo of all time yeah been there on Sunday yeah but we weren't I don't know if it's because Sunday is the Lord's Day and Noah Kahan is the Jewish <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, but I am like, her. Wasn't the real Jesus Christ technically Jewish? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Noah Kahan is Jesus Christ. Anyways, I want an apology with tears uh, from Chelsea Cutler and Noah Kahan. No. We she was did great. both buy overpriced merch, if you're wondering. And overpriced I did wear it drinks. Yes. The drinks honestly weren't as bad as no, they I feel like they could have been. I was like not that thrown off. Same. Um, but it was a new venue. It's called Road yeah. If you guys are going to a concert in Boston, this was like the second or third week it was open. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was yeah, nice. I mean, it was like, I think it was like 3,000 people maybe. Capacity. Yeah. Like it's not huge. Um, and yeah. I would go again. Yeah. So I wanted to chat a little bit. I mentioned in last week's episode that I was trying out the 75 soft challenge. So I figured I'd take a minute to like explain that a bit more. And I feel like I don't think anything I'm going to talk about is crazy triggering. But like if you're just not super into hearing about anything that even like remotely touches diet culture, then maybe skip ahead from this. I would respect that decision. Um, But... So essentially, the 75 soft challenge is like a playoff of the 75 hard challenge. In my opinion, the 75 hard challenge is just like absolutely absurd. And like no one, you could do it for 75 days. I believe that you could do that. But the second the 75 days are over, there's no way you can maintain that lifestyle. Um, And I wanted to do something that I could more so like have trickle into my day-to-day life and be like actually sustainable beyond the 75 days, if that makes sense. So I opted for the 75 soft, which is basically you get your ideas to eat healthy. That's what they say, which is like very subjective, I feel like. So for me, my I like set like a personal goal as far as like what I think eating healthy looks like. And for me, I kind of have an all or nothing mentality when it comes to like what I eat. So like I've always been the type of person where like if I like, I don't know. Today I had white bread for breakfast. I really wanted toast with brie and jam on it, but I ran out of sourdough bread. So I had white bread. Past Kylie's been known to be like, well, if I'm already eating white bread, then that means Mm. for lunch I should have, you know, chicken tenders. And for dinner I can have mac and cheese, like whatever, like the day's a wash. And I've gotten a lot better at that as I've gotten older, but it's definitely something that I still like need to work on. So that's been like my mentality of like just focus on incorporating whole foods, trying to eat balanced and living your life. So if that means that like last night I had crumble cookie because I had it left over. I was celebrating with some friends who had some like career milestones and they got crumble cookies. They let me take one home 
I'm on my period. I was like, I want cookies right now. So I ate that. But yeah, I also had – Oh, you're on your period? We're synced. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at that. Look at us. <laughs> synced. Um, but it's just like having that mentality of like, okay, just because you had a cookie in your day doesn't mean that like you shouldn't eat any vegetables. And just because you like yeah. eat really healthy for a day doesn't mean that like you deserve like a pat on the back. Like it's just, just eat, just eat what you yeah. want and yeah. be mindful. And that, that's that. Anyways, that was a tangent. So eat healthy, one 45 minute workout per day with one active recovery day. Um, and then, uh, like I added in, I want to do morning pages every day, which I haven't been doing them consistently in the morning. I just kind of do it when I feel like I need a brain dump, um, but do that every day. Uh, what are the other rules? Drink three liters of water a day, which I drink water like it's going out of style. So I've been killing that. Um, I have like no concept. So is a liter, a liter is like a little more than a bottle of wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of a lot, right? How many ounces is that? Three uh, like a hundred ounces, I think, roughly. Three liters, two ounces. Oh yeah, you were right. 101 fluid ounces. Yeah. So it's like three Which, hydro flasks. Yeah, I have a I have the 30 ounce Yeti. So I drink three of these and then I normally end up um I have like a smaller water bottle that fits on the Peloton like water bottle holder. It's probably like 16 ounces. So I end up usually drinking three of these and a 16 ounce water. And that gets me to the three liters. Um, and then read 10 pages a day and take a progress picture. I'm not going to lie. I have been taking the progress picture because I am not a cheater. But I, I'm, like, thinking of cheating. I'm thinking of cutting that that rule. Because I'm, like, day to day, you don't see a difference. <laughs> and if it's not, like, like, I think the whole thing is, like, you want to have a measure to be, like, motivated by. Yeah. But if, like, if that's not motivating for you, like, you could probably pick something else. And especially for me, I am doing this more so just to like gain a little more control over my daily routine and like implement some good habits, specifically things like changing my mindset around food and journaling every single day and reading every single day. Like those are, I'm more focused on like those as habits than like changing my body or losing any sort of weight or anything like that. That's at least me. If your goal is like aesthetics, that's totally fine. In which case, I'm sure the progress picture is actually super helpful. Um, and I'm kind of glad that I have one from the first day. So maybe I'll cut that rule and then just take a picture on the last day to be like, oh, like experiment. Did anything change or do I look the same? And how do I feel? How does it, how do I feel versus how I look type of, type of thing? Because for me, it's all about how you feel. It's not about how you look. Anyways, I've talked enough about this. I just wanted to give like a more in-depth explanation of what it is um so far I really like it I do find it's like really helping me especially like I said with the journaling and the reading which I've always wanted to journal every single day and I've just never been able to upkeep the habit um and I was in a bit of a reading slump so it's been helping me get out of those and I'll I'll keep you guys updated if there are any major major twists turns so it's 75 days right yeah it's called that so what day is like your last day it's the beginning of June. So that's another thing. Ani and I are going mm. to New York during the 75 days. I'll I'll do my best. Am I going to be doing 45-minute workouts? Probably not. Am I, are we going to be walking a ton, though? Yes. So in yeah. my mind, I'm like, okay, equivalent. Am I going to yeah. be very consciously trying to pick the healthiest thing on the menu everywhere we go? No, I'm not. Am I yeah. going to drink tequila every night? Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, so, But again, that's like, in my mind, I'm like, but that's healthy. It's healthy to, it would be unhealthy for me to show up on a trip and be like, I'm only going to get the salads on the menus and you go ahead and drink on you, but I'm not going to drink like, no, that's not life. So anyways, I like 75s off because you can kind of change it like that. Like the whole point of it is to like take a more gentle approach to like nutrition and wellness. And then my other update also is related to health and wellness. It's a lump day. Lump lump update, everyone. Here we go. (laughs) Um, What episode were you talking about this in? I don't remember. remember. I don't even remember if I have talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. Have I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You left us on a cliffhanger. You were like going to get your ultrasound. Yes. Yes. Okay. A couple weeks back, talked about it. I got a crown put in my mouth from a root canal. And then I noticed a lump in my jaw. 
got an ultrasound done by my primary care. And basically, I was just getting fed up because both my dentist and my primary care were like, ah, like, could be this, could be that. I don't know. Let's just keep monitoring it. Like, let's just, like, let's just keep monitoring. And I was like, okay, like, I'm glad that no one is, like, crazy concerned about this. But I don't love that no one can tell me, like, it is this. Like, I don't know. I just kept having those. And this is just my anxiety, 100% talking. But I just kept having those moments where I'm like, six months from now, am I going to be like, oh, I wish that I had gotten a second opinion. Like, if we had just caught this three months sooner, like, I'd be, you know what I mean? And it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, it's definitely not, like, if multiple medical professionals are telling me it's nothing to worry about, it's probably nothing to worry about. But my anxiety, my intrusive thoughts were like, so I ended up going to an oral surgeon today, actually, the day that we were recording. And I had this appointment before I even went to my primary care. I ended up going to my primary care because the oral surgeon was booked out pretty far. And I was like, I need to talk to someone. Like, I can't go several weeks anxious about whatever the hell this lump is. Um, so today I had that consultation. I literally, I get there. I sit in the chair. He looks at my scan and he's like, yeah, no, I don't see anything. The scan that like my dentist took, he's like, I don't see anything. He comes over and he feels the lump in my jaw. He literally touches it and goes, that's a lymph node. You have nothing to worry about. And that was it. Hmm. But you don't have it on the other side? No. Like it just happens to like. Yeah. That one sticks out more for whatever reason? And he was like, yeah, I have one that randomly sticks out for no reason. But he literally felt it. And he was like, that's definitely not a cyst. Like, he was like, I know for a fact that's not a cyst. I was like, okay. And he was like, I'm telling you, it's a lymph node. Like, you don't have to. And he was like, and I'm not going to remove that. I was like, yeah, I don't want you to remove that. Because <laughs> uh, he's a surgeon. So in his mind, he's like, what well, we were moving today, folks. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hopefully nothing. <laughs> I don't want to. I would like to keep everything in my body. Um, Yeah. He, like, he immediately touched him was like, oh, you have nothing to worry about. I'm like, why couldn't anyone else? Yeah, it's weird that no one else, like, came to that conclusion. Yeah. And he seemed very, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was a white man. So do with that information what you will. They have a lot of audacity. They have a lot of confidence. I'm going to trust him for my own mental health. I'm like, a fourth opinion? (laughs) I'm like, I don't even know where I would get a fourth opinion at this point. Yeah. At this point, at least this man gave me a definitive answer of, like, nope, that's what that is. And he was like, I've had lymph nodes stay swollen for months. He was like, it's Does he really... think it's because of the crown? Yeah. He, oh, okay. Because it's like in that area. And he was like, none of your other ones are acting up either. So I don't think that it's anything like major within your lymphatic system. He was like, your lymph nodes are just weird. Sometimes they just do that. And I'm like, You're okay. Like, okay. <laughs> he actually asked me, he was like, what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, I work, I'm like on a marketing team. He's like, so not a nurse. I was like, nope, I'm not a nurse. He was like, okay, I'm going to try to explain how this works. <laughs> I was like, why was okay. do, do you give him nursing I vibes think, i don't know or i think he was just like trying to figure out like do i need to, to give like the like uh Square notes one. for dummies vibe yeah. or do i need to or can i get like speak in more formal terms um but i'm like i feel like if i was a nurse i would have come to this conclusion already yeah maybe. i wouldn't be seeing you so yeah, so that's that's the update. Um, he did have me make an appointment three months out just as like a precaution. He was like, just in case anything like weird happens over the next three months. He was like, I don't think anything will. I think you'll end up canceling the appointment, but like to appease you, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. And I have a um a physical in May. Um, so I guess if anything goes awry, I have that as a checkpoint as well. But I guess it's just a lump. I guess I'm just living with a lump, folks. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls have lumps. <laughs> what can I like say? I said, my lymph node, I had one really swollen lymph node too, but it was like the one like behind your ear. Yeah. And it did go away after like two weeks. But I know yours has been longer than two weeks. Yeah, but... it's been about a month and a half now. Yeah. So we'll monitor, report back. <laughs> yeah, keep you posted. But I guess I have nothing. I guess third time's a charm. Like I really have to just be like, Kylie, it's, it's nothing to worry about. And if it ends up being something to worry about, I have a huge lawsuit on my hands and I'll be mm, rolling in the okay. dump. So. Nice. That's a good yes. attitude. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Let's move into our favorites. So we both have two favorites this week. Yes. My first one is from Coco Kind. If you don't know Coco Kind, it's like a 
natural skincare brand. Yeah. Um, and they recently started carrying it at Target, which is where I got this. So I'm going to show Kyla. I'm going to pull it out. So oh, it's called it. the My Matcha All Over Moisture Stick. Oh, you were just and using it. And it looks it. like – Yeah. Can't confirm. Um, she uses it. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like a giant lip balm. Like it's kind of comical. Yeah. Like it looks like if you like took it looks a lip like balm a and like stick. enlarged it. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's a better – yeah, that's a better um, comparison. I was like, if you enlarged a lip balm five times. Um, <laughs> but it's really simple. So the ingredients are just uh, coconut oil, beeswax, and matcha powder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it just looks like a glue stick and you like roll it up and you can like put it on like the dry areas of your face. And so they recommend that you use it under your eyes because it has matcha. So it's kind of like, you know, energizing. Yeah. And um, as a lip balm, but like really anywhere that you just need moisture. And so I got it a couple weeks ago at Target. Like I said, I think it was like $8. So like not mm-hmm. bad at all. And I get, I get really dry around my nose and I get really yeah. like, red. And so since it's also green tinted, it kind of cancels out the red tones mm. a little bit. So yeah, I like really like it. Um, I'm definitely going to repurchase it. And I want to get another one to kind of put in like my backpack or like my car maybe just to like have when I'm out because like yeah. I really do use it a lot just like throughout the day. Um, so yeah, big fan. I also know that they have a turmeric one that's for like a spot treatment. Like it's kind of, it's like the same packaging, but it's turmeric based and it's like more for acne. So yeah. Anyway, really into it. And it's the first thing I've really tried from Coco Kind. So I want to try more now. Nice. Um, and Kylie knows I had like a weird allergic reaction, windburn situation. Yeah. And that's what I used and it helped. So, (laughs) um, So that's one thing. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is just tulips. I have been – I always have a bouquet. Like I always get flowers when I go to the grocery store. Like Mm -hmm. there's always flowers in our dining room. Um, But I usually get the mini carnations from Trader Joe's. And when they came out with the tulips for the spring, I was like, hey, let's do it. And I am loving how the tulips looked. I got white tulips and I just feel like they're so pretty. They don't last as long. I will say that. The carnations last like dumb long. Like I have these ones here. They're kind of on their way out now, but I've had them for like literally three weeks. Like, yeah, they're so like tenacious, but the tulips one week in, they're like, look, they're starting to look a little sad. I can tell. Yeah. It's honestly worth it because they're so pretty. Like I just love watching them like close at night, open during the day. And like when they spread out, I just love tulips. So I'm definitely going to buy them while they're like available for the season. Love that. Um, so for my favorites, I have two TV shows, uh, big TV gal these days. So first I've talked about this a little bit. It's Temptation Island. All all my reality TV lovers, if you're not watching this, you need to get on it. So let me explain the premise. Four couples who are at a crossroads in their relationship. One wants to get married. The other isn't ready. One cheated in the past. They're trying to get over the trust issues. So on and so forth. They come to this island. The guys go away from their girlfriends and stay in a villa with 10 single girls. The girls do the same with 10 single guys. And they spend a month apart on these villas going on dates with other people and like meeting other people. At the end- to fix things? (laughs) And then every week they go to what's called a bonfire and they're shown clips of their significant other in the villa doing stuff with the singles. (laughs) At the end of the four weeks, they come together and they decide whether they want to leave together, leave alone, or leave with someone that they met on the island. Oh my God. That's crazy. It is glorious. Is it an American show? Yes, of course. It kind of sounds like it would be. I, it kind of sounds like it would be like a UK like trash TV show. I don't know why. Uh, okay, I could see that. Yes, and it so far has only been. I was talking to a friend about it. Um, so far it's only been like hetero couples. <laughs> and I said to her, I was mm. like, I was like, the gays know to just go to couples therapy if they're thinking about yeah, going on Temptation Island. Like this is the <laughs> they're most smarter than all of us. thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, it's glorious! It is so fun to watch. What's it on? USA, I think. Oh, you you see, you watch stuff on the weirdest networks, and now I'm like, I can't watch it. There might, I can look into like where, because I do watch them like on demand. I think it's on Peacock, actually. Oh. The streaming. Yeah. Peacock is sneaky. Peacock is sneaky. 
the office is on Peacock, fun fact, in the U.S. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking for a trash reality TV show to binge, oh, the host's name is Mark Wahlberg. It is not the one that you're thinking of. That is literally is so Mark weird. Wahlberg. <laughs> and he's my king. I'm obsessed with him. He's so, f- he's fantastic. He knows Cody Ko and Kelsey. Does he they spell had- it the same way? Yeah. It's so yeah. iconic. Anyways, so that's my reality TV recommendation. My non-reality TV, Bridgerton season two. A moment of silence for Bridgerton season two. It is a godsend. I feel like it came out quickly compared to most shows. Yeah, I don't remember when season one came out, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, I've been seeing it all on TikTok, so I feel like I'm kind of following. But yeah, I was like, it felt quicker than most like Netflix shows tend to release new seasons. Yeah. But it's glorious. Um, my enemies to lovers, girlies. Buckle your seatbelt. Buckle your seatbelt. I sent Anya a TikTok, actually. This was rude um, of TikTok. I got a TikTok on my For You page, and it was just text that said, girls with anxious attachments love the enemies to lovers trope because it shows them that someone can see all of your worst qualities and still fall in love with you. And that's really comforting when anxious attachments are afraid that someone's going to fall in love with them and then see their negative traits and leave. I literally was like, "Ah, ouch, (laughs) stop that right now. Like That's (laughs) enough TikTok for today, I guess. Ooh. What's the the TikTok sound that's like the knife? It's like, oh, I hate that sound. (laughs) It like gives me the ick, like the, just the sound of it. But that's how that felt. That's how that felt. So yeah, anyways, Bridgerton season two, watch it. People are saying that it's not as spicy, as steamy as the first season. Uh, They're wrong. They just don't have taste. That's the issue. Mm. Um, Yeah, highly recommend. So good. And it's the main guy is is a gay man played by, or no, sorry. It's a gay man playing a straight man written by a woman interesting and and that's exactly why it works <laughs> that's exactly why it works it's so good i can't recommend enough you heard it here all right let's move into our main episode topic we're going to talk about lifestyle creep and i feel like in general at least i got this idea if you know anything about our show you know anya and i really prioritize our health sustainability and building a community around the things that young women go through that's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. I don't know if you've seen her video um, from Zoe Pritchard. Yes. So we really like Zoe Pritchard on YouTube, and she made a video about this topic, which inspired us to make this episode about the topic. So if you finish this episode and you're looking for even more lifestyle creep content, go check out her video because it was really well done. And she talks more about like her personal experience with it, which we won't really be doing, but that's not to say we're anywhere close to perfect here. Yeah, I think no. <laughs> we're making this episode because we need it just as much yeah. as we imagine. You guys might be interested in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we said, I feel like we're all kind of in that 
phase of life where we're making more money than we have before, hopefully. So it's relevant. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so starting with what lifestyle creep is, according to Insider, lifestyle creep is the common pattern of spending more money as you earn more money, getting used to higher levels of luxury and convenience as your new normal. Um, it can also come after like paying off a loan or a significant debt uh, if you decide to spend the extra money rather than directing it to saving. So this may be very applicable for anyone who's been making monthly payments on uh, student loans. And now if you've completed those payments, now you have a, a lump sum of money every single month that you're not spending towards those loans. So raises, paying off debt, things like that can lead to lifestyle creep. Yes. And now that we have the definition set, I feel like I'll say off the bat that when I was like first learning about this term, I feel like I had really mixed feelings on it because part of me was like, well, like you are, you have worked hard to make more money. Like, shouldn't you, of course your life should improve. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. why shouldn't you, you know, be able to afford more expensive things if you've worked hard enough to like make more money. Um, but I think it's just, you know, the whole thing that we're going to be getting at in this episode is like intention around it yeah. and kind of just not letting it be like mindless lifestyle inflation, I guess. Um, which speaking of inflation, I think this episode is especially important right now considering the inflation rates that we're seeing. So you just have to realize like, even if you get like a 20%, you know, salary increase when you move to a new job, it's only like 12 or 13% in this economy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which we hate it here, but like is the truth. So I think it's especially important to think about in this in this life context, in this economy. Yeah. That is a good point, Bestie. Um, and like you said, so it's normal to want to like increase your spending, increase um your lifestyle really when you are making more money. Um, but where it becomes problematic is when that increase in lifestyle outpaces the increase in income. Um if it invades your ability to save for retirement, uses your emergency fund, or increases your debt, then you have a problem. And this is from the Insider article, correct? Are we I think getting so, yeah. this sort of logic? Um, so yeah, so you don't want to be, you can't outrun yourself when it comes to the increases that you're making. If anything, you want to, if you're making that 20% raise, your lifestyle increase should be less than 20%, never never yes. at or more. Right. Yes. So, and I know that it can like feel hard to like quantify yeah. some of these things. Like, so that's kind of what we're going to get into later in this episode is like how to avoid it and like be proactive when you encounter more money in your life. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like it's important to recognize that there can also be a lot of like social pressure involved. Like I feel like as like you and your group of friends are like getting their first promotions or whatever, like making more money for the first time. I feel like there is sort of a social pressure to like keep up and like if they're going to yeah. go out every night, like you want to be out with them. If they are going to go on a really expensive girls trip, like of course you want to be included. So there's more to it than just like your own personal discipline, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I feel like there's also kind of societal pressure um, to like live a more lavish lifestyle as you're making more money. Um, so that's just makes it even harder. Yeah. Um, and another seed that I think we'll plant in this section is just realizing like if your lifestyle becomes dependent on a certain level of income, what happens if you want to switch your job or switch your career and now you've, you know, gotten so used to a certain level of living? I just feel like the worst case scenario would be to like get stuck in a job that you hate just because you know it's like funding this lifestyle because you work so much, unfortunately, in most yeah. traditional nine to five settings, <laughs> you spend a lot of your time at work. And so to work only to like fund a certain level of lifestyle that you are trying to keep up with or like keep up with your friends, it's just mm -hmm. like not – it's not the reason you want to be spending your time doing something. You don't want to just like hit this threshold of like comfort and feel like you have to stay there even if like your circumstances aren't aligned with it. So – that's lifestyle creep in general. That's the definition. That's the situation. So now we're going to talk a little bit about like the signs of lifestyle creep because like I said, I feel like this is usually like 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it's usually happening in the background. It's not something that you're like actively yeah. realizing. So yeah, um, these are some of the signs that you might be experiencing it. Yes. So to kick it off, probably one of the biggest ones is your savings is non-existent or if you, you know, had a savings um, that you didn't touch once you received a raise or whatnot, uh, it's gone stagnant. And I think something quickly to highlight is I think no matter what lifestyle, even when you're doing everything right, uh, sometimes how much you can contribute to your savings ebbs and flows. Like for example, Anya and I booked to vacations this month. So I, I won't speak for you, but I know I was contributing a little bit less to my savings throughout this month because I was spending money on those trips. Um, and I'm not going to like all of a sudden be like, oh my God, the lifestyle creep has gotten to me because I did that. The important thing <laughs> is, is if you're looking back and you realize it's been three, four, five months and you haven't been able to contribute to your savings, that's when you should sit yourself down and be like, what's going on here? Don't, don't fault yourself if you are treating yourself to something like a trip um mm -hmm. so yeah yeah definitely and I guess this would also go for like emergency fund like if you either don't have an emergency fund or you like you've dipped into it and haven't been able to re-up your emergency fund I feel like that kind of fits into like savings yeah um the next one is you are in credit card debt so We'll talk more about this, uh, like kind of strategies to avoid getting to this point later on in the episode, but credit card debt is typically a sign that you're funding a lifestyle that you can't keep up with financially <laughs> because yeah. you're in debt to the bank. Um, so if you're just like always paying like the minimums on your credit card and you're not able to actually ever pay it off, mm -hmm. that's also a telltale sign of lifestyle creep or just like unfortunate circumstances, I guess, but assuming yeah um <laughs> use context <laughs> clues in your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like if you if you were furloughed from your job we're not saying that you're experienced life right, right. um then the next sign is if you feel like you need to live above your means to fit in this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the last section on just societal pressure i think we've all been through it where we're scrolling through tiktok and we're like how the hell are these people able to afford these things that's a good time to check in with yourself and see, okay, what's the bigger picture here? What is feasible for my life, regardless of what it feels like I need to do to, to fit in, so to speak. And the last kind of telltale sign, and this one's like a little more squishy, I guess. Squishy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My boss says that. And I'm like, I've started saying it. Like if something's like a little more of a gray area, you're like, it's so yeah. squishy. Um. This one's a little more squishy, but it's basically like if you have a lot of anxiety every time it comes to like dealing with money, like if you have a lot of anxiety when you go to check your account because you know that there's not going to be as much as you want, or if you need to pay your credit card and you know it's going to be higher than you want it to be, like just generally not feeling in control of your finances, that can also be a sign. But like recognizing that um, everyone, you know, you might have just like finance anxiety in general. So definitely do some fact checking on whether your anxiety is like from a place of lifestyle creep or if you just have anxiety over money in general, because obviously a lot of people do feel that way. But um, yeah, like if you just always have this like sinking, terrible feeling because you know you've spent too much and that happens like month after month, I think that's a telltale sign. Yeah, for sure. So now those are the signs. If any of those resonated with you, it's okay. Take a deep breath. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Because <laughs> um, now we have some ways that you can avoid it or start to gain a little bit of control if you think that lifestyle creep has sort of invaded your financial space. Um, and the first one, it's not rocket science, folks. It's making a budget. Um, it's painful initially, I think, for everyone, especially if you realize that you are experiencing lifestyle creep. Starting a budget is going to be very hard at first because you're you are essentially going to be knocking yourself down a peg so to speak mm -hmm. um so if you don't know where to start if it seems really overwhelming i think the best way to start is just implementing the 50 30 20 rule i feel like this is like a pretty common rule that most people have heard of but if you haven't totally fine what it is is you take your income you take your paycheck say 
and 50% of your paycheck should go towards your needs. So this is rent or a mortgage or your bills, groceries, things like that. Those expenses that are non-negotiables throughout the month. 30% of your income should then go towards the things that you want, that new pair of jeans, dinner with friends, so on and so forth. 20% of your income should go towards either debt repayment, if you have credit card debt or student loan debt, and savings. Um, so depending on what debts you have to repay, you can you know decide how you want to split that 20% up. Um, so using this model, it ensures that you're paying for your needs and really looking at, you know, how much am I paying for my needs helps you examine your wants a bit more intentionally. And it ensures that you're allocating some money towards either debt repayment or savings, or if you're lucky enough, both. Yeah. And I like this framework because I feel like it's very like approachable. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of, if you open like a budget template, like if you look up like budget template on Google and it wants you to like put in a number for like literally every little thing yeah like it can be kind of intimidating to start um and I I definitely agree that like this is a painful exercise because to your point like you are going to be sort of naturally downgrading probably the way that you're living right now a little bit and also you just have to like dig into it which is also not fun if you're like in a position of knowing you're spending too much money it's to like get real with yourself and like okay how much did I actually spend on eating out last month how much did I actually spend on Abercrombie last month like you kind of have to like make those observations to be able to make the change so just know we're with you besties it's for the best you can do it and this is a great and simple way to start and kind of on that note of like 50% of your income going towards needs um, another tip that I saw was as you progress in life as you make more money Try to keep your housing costs low because this is usually kind of the first area people tend to like really upgrade and tend to overspend on. Um, so experts in general suggest that your housing costs should be below 25% of your net income. And I've heard 25, I've heard 30. I feel yeah. like it really also just depends like where you live and what you're like life situation is because obviously if you want to live in a really expensive city like Boston, like New York, like San Francisco, obviously this might not apply to you and you might need to like make cuts in other areas of your life to like make it yeah. work. Um, but just in general, like don't feel like the second you get a promotion, you need to like move into like a luxury apartment or like just try to kind of be mindful about those types of upgrades because you need to realize that your rent is like an ongoing every single month expense. And so like you making this change because you've had like maybe an initial bonus or an initial raise, like this is going to persist for like the year, whatever the terms of your lease or your mortgage is. And I hate to say it, but like you're never going to want to live somewhere worse. Like that's just not how people work. <laughs> like if you've been in a good living situation, it's only going to be like up from there, right? So if you start at one level and then you like really, really make an upgrade and a jump, you're only going to want to keep going up and you're only going to want to keep spending more money. Yeah. So I think just like trying to be mindful, especially about this expense, because I think in general, this is most people's biggest expense and the like yeah. one that they're really quick to want to upgrade. So, and if like your living situation is super important to you, like that's fine. That can be the case for you. Just know that you might need to make like adjustments Cuts in other everywhere. parts of your budget yeah. yeah, to make it work. So yeah, I'll stop there. But just try to avoid the temptation of like really, really upgrading beyond your means as far as yeah. your like living situation goes. Yeah, that is a good point. So then the next tip is to look at when you get a raise and make a plan for what the difference of money is going to go towards so that it's not just sitting in your account ready to be used, ready to be locked and loaded at Abercrombie. Um, so do you want to dedicate that amount of money to your savings? Do you want to use it to invest or open, you know, the Roth IRA that you've been wanting to open or that emergency fund that you've been meaning to try to think of, I don't want to say productive ways. Like I'm not trying to shame like other spending mm -hmm. habits as non-productive. Um, but I guess more like long-term investments that you can use that money for as opposed to just immediately thinking like oh awesome now I can afford 
the Abercrombie jeans that I've had in the cart for six months, you know? Yeah. And if you really want those jeans, that's one thing. I think like yeah. just having like a destination in mind for the money is what's important yeah. because if you don't have a destination, it's going to sit there and it's going to be tempting and you're not going to like spend it wisely most likely. Yeah. Good point. Good <laughs> so point. if your destination is Abercrombie jeans, that's fine. But just like yeah. have a destination for it all. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, the next one is this applies mostly to like bonuses or like tax returns or kind of like quick, like larger sums of money. Um, try to save most of it as opposed to the instant gratification of spending it. So for me, when I get when I get a bonus, like it's all the time. Yeah. Like I love getting bonuses. (laughs) (laughs) My monthly bonus. No. The like annual bonus that we get at my job. Um, I always just have it deposited to my savings like immediately so that I don't even see it. I don't even think about it. And again, if you want to treat yourself at the end of the year and, you know, buying yourself like that camera you've been wanting or whatever it is, like is your destination, that's great. That's not lifestyle creep. Lifestyle creep is just letting your daily life and your daily standard of living become unsustainable. So like if it's something you've been wanting for a long time, pop off buy it, you know, use your bonus money. But in general, just don't let like this instant gratification of like, oh, there's suddenly thousands more dollars in my account. Like, don't let that be the reason that you change, like buy a new car or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're going to have car payments. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. Um, The next tip is to wait until you can pay in cash for larger purposes and purposes, purchases, and have goals you can look forward to when it comes to making those larger purchases. Because at the end of the day, I mean, what is the point of having money if not spending money? But you want to have those intentional goals, those intentional um, things to look forward to, whether that larger purchase for you is buying that new camera that might on your scale of income or your scale of how you look at finances that might be the large purchase and you want to wait until you could pay for that in cash for some people it might be a house I don't know Mm -hmm. I don't don't know your prerogative I don't know your financial business (laughs) um but kind of like you said and like we've been saying throughout the episode having that goal having that destination like that is the fun of making money and having an increased income um but have that intention behind it and really think of if I had to withdraw cash to make this purchase, could I do it right now? The answer is yes. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And this this will really help you from like living beyond your means because you literally need to have the means in order to like go through with a purchase. Yeah. Um, and I think that like having a having a goal thing is like really big for me because personally, like if I'm just kind of dumping money into my savings and like not really knowing what it's for. It's like not very motivating to just be like, oh, I'm doing this because like I should. Like I don't really know what it's ever going to be spent on, but like I should have a savings account. So like that's why I'm doing it. I feel like it's much more like motivating to be like, I'm saving up for like a down payment on a house one day or like to travel Europe one day, like that kind of thing. Um, So just think about if you have any big goals that you're saving towards because it can be a lot more motivating. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. This next one kind of gets back to the social pressure things we were talking about, and it is to try your best to suggest more like low cost or even free hangout sessions when it comes to seeing friends. I feel like hanging out with friends is like the area where I feel like I've seen the most lifestyle creep, and that's not like any of my friends' faults, but I think in general, like we're all making more money than we did in college, obviously, and so pretty much every time we hang out, we're like getting dinner or like getting drinks which is fine. I love to do that, but it does add up if it becomes part of like your weekly routine. Um, and so kind of trying to like break that cycle and be like, oh, I'll have you over. Like I'll, we'll make dinner. It'll be like more budget friendly or, you know, for example, play tennis instead of like going shopping or something like that. And just kind of try to integrate more like low spend or no spend um, hangout sessions into your life because that also helps it helps you help them too because then they're not going to be kind of experiencing this lifestyle creep of always having to keep up with like these expensive hangouts with you. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the next tip is for smaller sort of one-off purchases. So I feel like we talked about the larger purchases, but for those daily things, 
This is something Anya said to me years ago. I don't even know if you remember <laughs> saying this to me, but it like really resonated with me and I use it a lot. Um, I love that. But like if say you're in, you're on the Urban Outfitters website. This was me last night in case you're wondering. You're on the Urban Outfitters website, that corset top, all the bad bitches are wearing it, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, I want it. It's finally restocked in the color you want. It ha- They have your size. You're thinking to yourself, God damn it. It's $59. Ask yourself in that moment, how long would I have to work to pay for that item? So if you're working like an hourly wage, do the math that way. If you're working off of salary, you can kind of crunch the numbers to get a rough estimate of how much you make an hour. Think to yourself, how how long would it take? For me, I brought some clothes to Plato's closet. Took about 20 minutes to make the money that the corset costs. So guess what? I bought it because I was like, oh, cool. Like I, I earned, I kid you not, I was saying to Anya, I earned $58.48 at Plato's Closet and it was $59 with free shipping. So I was like, that's a sign. Like I, okay, cool. <laughs> I'll do that. But for you, it, I don't, I have no idea what your income is. For you, it could be three hours to make that. And you're like, working three hours for a corset top. No, that's not worth it. Or maybe you're living large. That's an hour's worth of work, half hour's worth worth of work. And you're like, oh, whatever. That's nothing then by all means, buy the corset top. But I think t- having like some, a um, like a question to ask yourself as a like interference in the decision making mm-hmm. to spend money is helpful. And so yeah. with this, it really makes you stop and think, okay, how think of my job. How much of this job would I have to do to have the money to buy this? And if it's worth it for you, then get it. If it's not, then you stopped yourself from making sort of an impulse, unnecessary purchase. Well, I'm glad that stuck with you, Bestie. I love it. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's always just kind of thinking like, is the net benefit or the net like joy that I'm going to feel from this item worth yeah. the amount of time I had to work for it? Yeah. And the exactly. answer could be yes, but just think oh, about it. If for me, I'm literally talking about how for me it ended up being yes for something. Stay yeah. tuned on the corset review. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the black? Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, this next one is about retirement. Honestly, I hate that we live in a world where we have to think about retirement at age 24. Like how, how stupid is it that like, we don't have more of like a social safety net to like, whatever I will, I'll get off my, anyway. (laughs) Another Um, episode, another episode. I'm like, retirement's important. I just hate that. Like we live in a society that makes it that way. Anyway, um, try to max out your retirement contributions. This is especially great if your employer just kind of takes this money right out of your paycheck because like you never even see it. You don't even know. But that's another kind of signal area is if you're unable to contribute to like your 401k or like your Roth or whatever your retirement situation is. Like if you don't have that quote unquote disposable income to be throwing at those important future things, that's no good. So if you are in that position, maybe consider having it taken out beforehand if it's not already. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Save for retirement, besties. Because our government won't do it for us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But <laughs> um, I hate it here. I hate it here. I'm like, if anyone wants to take us in as Americans in a different country. I'm like, I love that Social Security will be generally unavailable by the time I'm of age. Awesome. I love that. Perfect. Love that I contribute to it, though. Yeah, love that. Thanks, guys. Thanks, boomers. Love that. Love that for us. Great job. You're welcome. Two thumbs You're up. Welcome, actually. Um, the last tip that I will be speaking on for this episode is to remind yourself that social media is not real life. Um, this kind of I touched upon this a little bit earlier in the episode, but I feel like I, especially on TikTok, I've seen a lot of people kind of like challenging the notion of like, how are these girlies? that are in college buying full face Charlotte Tilbury makeup kits and like green juices every single day and own the entire set active website. Like how are people doing this? When you crunch the numbers, it's a lot of freaking money. Um, But I think it's important to remember that like seeing the items that someone has does not really give you a glimpse into their financial situation so just because you see someone who you assume is you know 
if they're roughly your age in a similar field with similar experience, you can probably make the assumption that they're making, you know, ballpark around what you're making. Um, but just because you see someone like that living a bit more lavishly than you or affording those more like luxury items, um, there's a good chance that there's either like lots of privilege, lots of a uh, daddy's money floating around, <laughs> or some pretty freaking gnarly credit card debt going on behind the scenes. Like I, I'm, I don't want, I'm not calling anyone out. I don't want to make too many assumptions, but if I were a betting woman and I'm not, but if I was, I would <laughs> bet that if you pull back the curtain, it would be a bit uglier than you would, than you would anticipate. So that's just something to keep in mind. And even if that's not the case, I feel like that's a good like mindset check to have because you know your finances. And if spending money on the Charlotte Tilbury highlighters isn't aligning with your financial goals, that's okay. Don't feel like you have to do it. Yeah. I guess the whole thing is like, don't use social media as like a gauge. The threshold. Yeah. yeah. For like what you consider normal because to your point, like number one, you have no idea what's going on in their financial situation. And number two, it's in their best interest to show lavish things stuff. and yeah. like, yeah, like in a high, in a highlight reel. That's what people want to see. So they're not showing, you know, the fact that they had like peanut butter and jelly because they couldn't afford yeah. other food or like, you know what I mean? So you just have no idea. Yeah. So. And like, I even think of um, Jenica, I- I've talked about this before, Jenica and Annika mm-hmm. on YouTube. Jenica, who's the mom, always does such a good job. Uh, she like made a video about her making her first ever designer ba- handbag purchase. And she legitimately was buying it with her own money. And she even talked about, um, she was like, anytime you've ever seen a designer bag, it is either in my like videos before this moment, it was either fake, a gift or secondhand. She was like, I had never bought like a new one. So she was like, just so you know, this is the only one that I own mm-hmm. that I'm paying full price for at the store. Everything else was given in these circumstances. And I just, I really appreciated that because it's like, you hear like, I don't know, you just see their lifestyle and you're like, oh my gosh, she owns 10 designer bags while being a single mom. Like, why can't I afford the one highlighter? And it's like, well, no, she just pulled back the curtain a little bit of how she was able to obtain those things. So anyways, yeah. look for influencers like that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And if you want to make a luxury bag purchase, that's fine. Just don't let yes. that become your new standard of every single bag you're going to own because yes. that's lifestyle creep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then our last tip is – If you are having trouble or if like maybe you struggle with being self-motivated in this area, it can also be really productive to embark on this journey with a buddy. So I feel like finances are something that's really like taboo in our society and people don't tend to talk about it, but it can be really freeing and like you can be held really accountable by sharing like your progress with a friend. So maybe you both implement the 50, 30, 20 rule and you check in with each other every other month about how it's going or um, maybe you both have like a financial goal that you're saving up for or you both, you know, re-sign your lease in your somewhat crappy apartment, but you feel good about it because it's keeping you on the right track or, yeah. you know, there's lots of ways to kind of bring in other people. But sometimes, especially if it's something that intimidates you or that you have anxiety around, it can just make it all feel a little more fun and make you feel like a little less alone in it. So yeah. something to consider. Good point, good point. And with that, that is our episode on lifestyle creep. Um, again, if like if you're feeling like we're calling you out, if you're feeling like you're a victim of life, if you are entitled to financial compensation, if you feel that you are a victim <laughs> of financial creep, no, or lifestyle creep, um, it's okay. Like we said, like we've experienced it, we are experiencing it, we're like in it with you. Um, it's, it's really normal, especially like with social media and inflation and cost of living in various places. Um, so you're not alone. There is a way to grab hold of it. So I hope you like do a meditation or something after listening to this episode to calm (laughs) any anxiety that may have come from it and then just take it one step at a time and, and you'll be good and it'll be fine. And we're all going to be financial queens. And then you can mansplain to all the men in your life about finances. We love it. Because you have control. And that's my favorite thing (laughs) to do is one-up men. So if you need motivation, there it is. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, you know, obviously 
it's a blessing to have more money. That's not a bad oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And so it's always a good thing to like keep moving up in the world and to like celebrate your success and like make more money and get a raise and get a promotion and all this stuff. We're just trying to make sure that it's sustainable for you long term. That's yes. all we're saying. Yeah. We That's just, where we're coming in. We care. We have your back. Besties. Yeah. We really do. So. We're just – we're the friend that's, you know, giving you the truth. Keeping it real. Keeping yeah. it real. <laughs> yes. So with that, you guys know what to do. You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. No excuse for the platforms. Yeah. And you can follow us on Instagram at 2 Degrees Hotter. I was telling Kylie the feed's looking real fire. So yeah, everyone thank you. go hype it up. Yeah, I'm I'm working hard, bestie. Me, Canva, <laughs> handshake. <laughs> We're working hard. <laughs> yeah. So go check it out if you haven't. And if you ever need advice, you can always DM us or email us and we'll include it in an upcoming episode. Yes. That's it. That's it, folks. We'll chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye, everyone. Bye.